Magnus Haystack, Brenthurst Wealth Management founder. Magnus, really interesting times in the market at the moment. You've been in the market for decades, Magnus, and seen these down, kind of downturns many times in the past. What's your take on what's cu- currently happening out there? Well, uh, Justin, thanks for reminding me how long I've been in this business. And yes, I've seen some very, very bad downturns. The worst was, of course, uh, 21st of October uh, 1987, when the market fell 22% in one day. So this is a little puppy as far as downturns go. It's really a blip on the radar screen. But what we've seen in, in, in the last three weeks and has been signaled by many, many people uh, during the course of last year that the end of free money was getting closer and closer. The U.S. Fed has been pumping money into the system as a result of the COVID uh, collapse. And we're talking about uh, trillions of dollars into the American economy. But people and experts are saying this cannot continue. And the minute we had that inflationary spiral and it's not stopping yet, I think the market started taking it seriously. And and initially the Fed said it's transitory, it's not going to last, but now it's accepted that the U.S. inflation of about 5 to 6%, which is the highest since 1992, is going to be with us for a longer time than we suspect. Everything but everything in the United States has gone up very dramatically. Gasoline, lumber, oil, uh, palm seeds, you name it, it's gone up because of the amount of money that the consumer has in his or her pocket and they are spending it. Motor car prices, second-hand motor car prices is is now more expensive than a new car because you can't get a new car, so you're buying second-hand cars. So the world has to adjust to what is happening in the United States in terms of free money, higher interest rates, and what that will do to global markets and currencies as well. Magnus, does this more persistent inflation and likely interest rate hike cycle make you worried about those same tech healthcare businesses that have been five baggers for you in the last decade about their prospects going forward? Because we know that inflation reduces the purchasing power of money and these growth companies are valued um, less demandingly as they would in a non-inflationary period. You know, that is the the trillion-dollar question right now. Are we seeing a move from growth uh, to value? And value stocks is getting a lot of attraction, and a lot of people are moving some money into value stocks as opposed to growth stocks. I haven't made up my mind yet, and I'm even having some dinner with Pitfall Yun, our, our, our value bull, and who's doing very well. So maybe I can get some more insights from, from, from Pitt. But there definitely is a shift of money in the world. But there's another shift, which is perhaps even more important. And that is that over the last 10 to 12 years, most of the stock market's uh, excitement or growth has been concentrated on the United States markets. The Wall Street, uh, the S&P 500, uh, uh, NASDAQ, Dow Jones, etc. In fact, U.S. was the place to be for the last 12 years. Uh, with Europe and the rest of the world lagging fairly badly. But now the feeling is this run could be over. So it's not only a rotation between between growth and value, it's also a rotation or possibly a rotation away from the United States to Europe, to Japan, and perhaps even to emerging markets. So 
it's 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 a little bit of a, a pot and the pot is boiling we don't know what's going to come out at the end of the day but you need to be very careful i think the easy money has been made that is no that in my mind no no question about that the easy money the ones that you referred to earlier and we are telling our clients forget about 15 20 percent year after year we are looking at three to five percent in dollar terms for the foreseeable future and there might be some losses in some sectors which is which is part of the long-term investing game magnus are you trying to say that the strategy that you've employed so successfully over the last decade you might be mulling over changing that strategy as a result to economic conditions changing you have to you have to take cognizance of what's happening in the markets and there's no point saying i'm i'm a growth and a tech bull and i will remain a growth and a tech bull you know like our gold bulls will always be gold bulls and our bitcoin bulls if the facts change and you want us to do some very deep diving analysis into global markets if the facts change you change and um, as i said i haven't completely made up my mind and it's not only my decision it is a whole team that we have employed, you know, considering these things. But there is uh, a rising uh, evidence that um, the fun and games is over in the United States. You should be looking for good fund managers in Europe and also Japan. Uh, uh, and so the message to the investing public is the easy money has been made. You'll have to work a little bit harder to find pockets of growth in the next three to five years. Magnus, what's your advice to new retail investors in the market that came after COVID that have only experienced bumper to bumper 30, 40% annual returns? They've never experienced a market downturn. In terms of the psychology behind that, what's your advice? Well, that's one of the lessons that people have to learn if you're in the equity market, that it comes with volatility and it comes with downturns and it comes with periods of losses. And if you're not prepared to accept that, you should not be putting your money in the stock market because if you think markets can only go up and up and up and up, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're in the totally the wrong place. You might recall going back a year or so when these young uh, um, investors in the United States were bragging about how easy it was to beat the indexes and how easy it was to beat the fund managers and they were just buying the meme stocks and they were buying all those as, well, they've given all that money back. All those profits have been given back. They've made no money and they've all capitulated and they've gone very, very quiet. So volatility is part of the game. Losses is part of the game. But you cannot bail. And for, for younger investors, especially with tech stocks and even uh, other stocks, you are buying at a much lower level. So if you've got a, a, de a monthly debit order, and I tell my kids this, you are buying at a very lower level than you did a month or, or three months ago. So there's no change, plan, a change to the game plan. South Africa, Magnus, are there any signposts of heading in the right direction? You know, South Africa, if you look at uh, the, the, the chart of the commodity index, the CRB commodity index, as the COVID struck, the markets went down, right down to the bottom. And in April 2020, the commodity index uh, started running and it hasn't stopped running. And so South Africa, once again, is the beneficiary of an unexpected boom in commodities, which is coming to our rescue. It's driving uh, our tax revenues. So there's a very nice tax windfall coming our way. But what is interesting, I read a report on one of the uh, websites, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, 
If they went back and looked at forecasts by top, top fund managers about various sectors, and not one forecast that the commodity cycle would take off like it did, and I don't think nobody could predict that. So South Africa is experiencing a very nice economic windfall, high uh, commodity prices, and uh, the only fear is that the government will see this windfall tax revenues as permanent and start spending stuff on like basic income grants that will become permanent and saying, and, and that's what previous governments have made exactly the same mistakes. The warning is these uh, cycles are notoriously fickle and a boom can very quickly turn into a bust. Let's hope the government has learned its lesson, but I doubt it. Magnus, I know you and Brenthurst are location agnostic when you invest. You've spoken about the prospects or the optimistic prospects of Europe. But what about China and the Asia region as an investment destination of opportunity or simply too difficult to understand and too much risk, therefore? Well, of course, China is notoriously opaque and difficult to understand, different culture, language, etc. But I noticed that 91's uh, uh, smart people have said China could be a surprise this year in the sense that China last year was a very poor performer because of the Chinese government interference in tech tech stock, and it has driven down investor sentiment in China, and that China could make a nice comeback. Uh, so, so we are looking at China, but we have been putting money in Japan for a very long time, and that is very, very quietly. And under the radar, Japan has done very, very well for uh, investors in, in, in the branches group. Lastly, Magnus, I know you bought a few hundred rands of cryptocurrency the other day. Have you added any more to your portfolio? And what's your general take? Has it changed whatsoever in the last three months or so? Well, I would like to humbly, humbly apologize to all those millions of Bitcoin investors all around the world. Because the day I bought crypto for the first time in my life, that was the peak of the market. It crashed. The word must have got out that Magnus is buying Bitcoin, and we're now down 50 to 60%. <laughs> so I apologize to these people. I will not do it again. 